Welcome everyone to episode zero of Alto Performance Insights. I'm Chris Kern uh, with my co-host Daniel Kuman. We're the founders of Alto Sports Performance. Um, and uh, we're just going to take today to talk a little bit about the Alto Performance Insights podcast and Alto Sports Performance as a whole um, and, and kind of what it's about. So Daniel, good to see you. Uh, today's Wednesday, August 5th. Uh, we look forward to getting this all out to everybody very soon. Yeah, as always, good to see you. <laughs> nice. Um, so Daniel is currently uh, joining me from Birmingham, Alabama, um, and I am currently in Lake Tahoe, California, but uh, in the midst of a, a nationwide road trip right now. So might might be seeing you from somewhere different next time. But anyways, let's go ahead and, and just dive right in. So uh, Alto Sports Performance is our, our new business uh, up and running. You should want to take a minute and and kind of talk about that and what that means. Sure. Well, yeah, it, it, it means a lot to me. I mean, this we've put in a lot of hard work over the last few months to get everything rolling. Uh, you know, we, gosh, this idea sprouted, what, years ago, really. And uh, it took us until now to have it, uh, to, to fully realize it. And so I'm really, really excited about getting things launched and getting things up and running. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited, man. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So Daniel and I know each other. We were uh, roommates back during grad school. Um, and, and like you said, this was an idea of ours way back then to, to really find a way to take our knowledge, our education and, and help uh, spread it to athletes, coaches, parents, uh, and, and training staffs as a whole. So with also sports performance, that's ultimately going to be our goal is to uh, provide data driven uh, resource backed, uh, new innovative methodologies, uh, communicating uh, the current research, the current state of the knowledge to uh, to athletes, to trainers, parents, etc. Uh, but then also to create new innovative ways to allow athletes to have better access to their own data. Uh, both of us have backgrounds as biomechanists, so that's uh, what we'll be leaning on. But we also have done a ton of data analysis work and, and custom programming to work with with athletes. So uh, that's kind of going to be Alto as a, as a whole. Our, our goal, as, as Alto itself says, is to elevate athletes' performance, right? And if we could do that on an individual basis, then uh, we should be able to do it at, at a team level and ultimately a sport and a, and a culture. Right. And we're both coming out of, I, I think it's kind of important to put our backgrounds into context for this. So we're both coming out of academic positions. And Chris, you can feel free to disagree with me if you'd like, but uh, the research that I do is primarily applied at the group level. And so I'm very often taking group level means and comparing them to whatever, you know, some other group. And at the end of the day, I, I think what we both want to do is take a more individual centered approach. And so the beauty of biomechanics is that we can capture an individual's mechanics and we can use that to, you name it, uh, assess performance, track progress, identify talent, whatever it is, that's the beauty of our science. And so I, for one, am very excited to be getting out of this group level mindset and into the individual centered mindset. Yeah, um, but without, without losing the broad picture as well. So I, and, and if we just take a second and kind of translate that a little bit, because I don't know as an athlete that I would have understood what you just said, but so much of what we do in, in traditional academic research is based on, you know, 10 to 20 people, right? And we, we calculate their averages and we say, this is what baseball pitchers look like. This is what soccer kickers look like. 
this is what an offensive lineman look like in football based on these 10 to 20 relatively healthy college age people that fit that background. The reality is today's technology is collecting data on an individual level. Uh, there's more of it, more widely available to athletes and to scientists and, and professionals like you and I um, that we can do that on an individual basis. And that's really where we want to push the envelope in terms of individual optimization. Uh, we think of ourselves as performance optimized, right? Because uh, there might be a, several great training programs, but one might work better for Daniel than it does for me. That doesn't mean that the programs are wrong. It doesn't mean Daniel and I are wrong. It just means that we're different people. Uh, so I agree with you. That's absolutely something I'm, I'm thrilled to, to dive into and really work with, work with people to help them achieve their own individual uh, potentials. So uh, to jump into a little bit of, of our own backgrounds, um, even, even broader, Dan, do you just want to start kind of with, with your athletic and, and academic background? Sure. So I grew up uh, in a small town just west of Cleveland, Ohio. It's called Elyria. And uh, Chris is laughing. Chris is Chris is from East Cleveland. I'm from West Cleveland. Uh, so you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a, a feud there, but we'll let it go. Uh, but I grew up. I, I grew up playing um, hockey and running cross country and track. And I came to the unfortunate realization when I was a sophomore in high school that I was probably never going to weigh more than maybe 140 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> so you mean, you mean you don't look like an NHL player? exactly is that yeah. because you have all your teeth <laughs> amongst other things you know i tried so hard for so long to to gain weight i was doing everything i could and i i just couldn't put on weight and i was running really well um i blame i blame my genetics really my parents were both very good distance runners so i blame them for my inability to uh grow as a hockey player but my extraordinary ability to grow as a distance runner um but yeah, so I ultimately through high school decided to pursue distance running. I had a, a relatively solid cross country career as a high school runner in the state of Ohio. I was very fortunate to earn a scholarship to go compete at the University of Memphis. So at, at Memphis, I was a four year athlete in cross country, indoor track and outdoor track. Uh, cross country, for those of you who don't know in the NCAA is 8,000 meters, 10,000 meters. So that's uh, five miles and 6.1 miles. Um, so it's, um, you know, it's true distance runner, I guess you could say. Uh, and then on the indoor track, I ran 3000 meters, which is just under two miles in the 5000 meters, which is just over three miles and an outdoor track, 5000 meters, 10,000 meters. So, um, well, that's a long way of saying I was a distance runner. I was an endurance athlete. Um, while I was at Memphis, I, I began my biomechanics career. So in my going into my senior year, I started working in the musculoskeletal dynamics laboratory with Dr. Max Paquette. And um, I was studying something I was really interested in, which was running biomechanics and how those mechanics relate to injury risk in competitive distance runners. Uh, from there, I went to East Carolina University. That's where Chris and I first met. Uh, we both got our master's degrees from East Carolina. I switched focus at East Carolina. I started studying walking biomechanics and how those change with advanced age. And then from ECU, after I finished my master's, I went to the University of Alabama at Birmingham, uh, where I'm still currently a graduate research fellow in the human performance lab. And my research focus uh, is on, it's, a, it's, it's kind of spread out, but uh, it's basically looking at disease related changes to mechanics um, and how we can leverage emerging technologies to improve movement mechanics. So that's a little bit about me. 
For sure, and it, as Daniel uh, mentioned, I'm from the better side of Cleveland, from the, from the east side. Um, myself, I grew up playing a variety of sports, most, uh, most often just baseball and basketball, and ultimately pursued baseball as a pitcher um, into college. I, I often say I spent more time in the training room than I did on the field, and unfortunately, I don't actually think that's an exaggeration. Um, but ultimately, that's what introduced me to biomechanics. I was going through some rehab at the Cleveland Clinic, and um, it was the first time that anyone had ever taken video of me with the purpose of quantifying my own movement and being able to track changes in that movement over time, track improvements, hopefully, um, but both for injury prevention as well as uh, performance. And that quantification, the ability to really see and, tr and track that change was what inspired me to, to get on the road of uh, getting my bachelor's degree in exercise science at, at Grove City College um, and then on into sports biomechanics and uh, the whole realm that is quantification and, and providing athletes access to their data. Uh, now, I also you know, want to pause here and make sure that, that I mentioned that part of what Dana and I often talk about is the fact that we don't want to uh, overtake or, or replace coaches because I, I'll laugh and I'll say I, I always had to rely on a coach to tell me if something looks better. Once I started quantifying my own movement, I, I had that power and I had that ability to do it. What I really mean by that is not that the coach was not obsolete. In fact, I think he gave the coach more power because he also had true quantitative data there. The difference was I could see it. Uh, you know, like for years, athletes have done mirror drills. Why? Because they could see themselves. Well, now I could see it frame by frame, uh, you know, millisecond by millisecond by movement to really see where I needed to, to make changes. So uh, after I got my bachelor's degree at Grove City, I went on to, to ECU. And again, as Daniel mentioned, that's where we met. We were randomly you know, roommates simply because we were in the same program, had no idea we were both from Cleveland, um, and went on to study very different things at ECU. So I studied uh, baseball biomechanics, specifically understanding uh, the soft tissue properties of commonly injured structures, so things like the ulnar collateral ligament, the rotator cuff, uh, muscles and tendons, and understanding how uh, those properties were related to injury risk factors in baseball pitchers. So I finished my master's alongside Daniel in 2017, and then stayed at East Carolina for my PhD, um, which I recently completed this past spring. And uh, I'm now taking a little bit of time before starting, starting work this fall. Um, so that's kind of a, a little bit of, of our backgrounds, but as, as Danny mentioned, this was something we talked about years ago, starting out some performance and really we want to, we, we always looked back and said, man, like, if only we knew this, uh, you know, back, back when we were competing, or if only, only our parents had access to this kind of information, um, you know, growing up as kids in suburban Cleveland, uh, it, there, there really wasn't a reason that we didn't have access to information other than the fact that it wasn't widely available to lay people. And so one of the main focuses in this first phase of alto performance is going to be uh, just getting that information out. Um, so we're going to do it in a couple different ways. Dan, do you want to take a minute and, and talk about those? Sure. I, I'd also just like to, to say, um, yeah, when I was when I was growing up through, especially through high school, when I started really training seriously and running, I thought it was amazing when Garmin started coming out with GPS watches, <laughs> like the, the data that you could get from it. Oh, I can get real time data about my, my pace and then I can load it. So yeah, well, I'm, I'm not joking. So what I used to do is I would go for a run and then to figure out how far I ran, this is not a joke we would get, my dad would drive 
the course and we look at the <laughs> at the miles on the car. No Google Maps, huh? <laughs> Man, so uh, um, I remember thinking when I had the GPS watch, it's like, oh, oh yeah, you know, I could I could quantify my mileage, my weekly mileage, down to a decimal point, which was <laughs> which was crazy. Um, so it's just to see where the new wearable technologies have come, even just since then, which was like ten years ago is incredible and uh i think we're at the point and i think what we want Alto, i think one of the services we want Alto to provide is being able to get all of this data together curate it in a way that is accessible and not only physically accessible oh i can go to this site and get it um but also visually accessible so i can understand the, what these metrics mean and to touch on what you were saying about coaches I think that this data is just as important for coaches as it is for athletes. Absolutely. And there, this is a new generation of athlete. These young kids are, they've got access to this stuff and they want to use it. And so I think, yeah, I think, you know, this, this mindset of, Oh, I'm old school. I'm going to do things without this. I think that's going to be out the window because players are not going to, they're not going to really understand it. This is, this is part of, this is part of athletics now. And uh, I would love to come in and, and help people understand it. I would love to help athletes understand it, certainly, but also their parents and their coaches understand it. So Yeah, and I, and um, I think there are a lot of coaches hungry to understand it, and they face the same challenges we did, and that was that it wasn't, it wasn't widely available in English. Um, you know, not, not pun on foreign languages, but in terms of non-scientific. Um, you know, I, when I was a high school athlete, I couldn't have told you what a p-value meant, and to be honest, not that they don't matter because they do, uh, but we can communicate that without a p-value. So yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's time to do that. Right. Uh, so, uh, anyways, to answer what you what you actually uh, asked me, um, you were we're starting where we are. So Alto at the beginning is going to be uh, a lot of written content and podcasts. But what we really want to focus on are podcasts, and we really want to bring on. Um, experts in every aspect of performance. We want to talk to people, talk to leaders in the field about, uh, about you know, strength training, about uh, cognitive training, about all of these things. And what we hope to bring to these discussions is our background in movement mechanics. Um, but, uh, you know, eventually we want to get to the point where we are working with athlete data and we're working uh, with, with individuals and teams to help them capture data, help them understand their data and ultimately help them leverage their data into improvements on the field. Yeah, uh, that's exactly right. And um, like you said, like starting where we're at, you know, it's going to be uh, this, this Alto Performance Insights podcast and then um, all of our written content people will be able to find on, on altosportsperformance.com um, as well as our social media pages, which uh, you can see at the bottom of the screen as well as um, are going to be on the website as well. So we've done, we have, we have Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, um, and then this podcast will also be available on Spotify as well. Uh, but the other thing is we also want to have a lot of engagement um, with, with readers, with listeners. So um, if there are topics that uh, maybe you heard something about and you're interested in, in learning more about it, or you're interested in hearing from an expert about that's not Daniel or I, uh, you know, shoot us an email, contact us through altosportsperformance.com. We would love um, to know what people are interested in learning more about so that we can go um, find, find the experts in that and talk to them and communicate that uh, to a wider audience. Yeah, and, and 
just building off of that, if, if we ever post something that isn't clear, please let us know. Cause like I said, like we've both been saying, a major goal of this company is to make these things accessible. We want it. If, if people don't understand it, it is useless. So we, we, you know, we're cut, we're coming out of years in academia where you just publish papers and it's very technical and, and it's a big limitation. And so we, we want to make these things as understandable as possible. Um, and, and so, yeah, that's another, another big thing. Please reach out to us if, if anything is too technical and we will, um, work, work to make it, uh, less so and, and more easily accessible. Yeah, for sure. So that's, uh, that's really it for today. And this is again, just, just getting started. So episode zero, <laughs> if that's a thing. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> you know, there's, this is an ongoing debate in a lot of programming <laughs> languages is whether you start indexing things, whether you start something at zero or one and yeah. uh, we'll, the, the, the true language is start them at zero. So we'll let the higher powers debate that one. Um, but yeah, until next time, thanks for joining us. And, uh, Daniel, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take it easy, Chris. Thank you.